Hi friends! Are you guys planning on going to the G3 conference coming up on September 21st until the 23rd? Well, you guys can get a 30% off when you use our discount code G3OPEL. G3OPEL. You can register now by going on the link here in the description. I can't wait to see you guys there. Welcome to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a podcast dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bucklew. Hello, friends, and welcome to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. I am your host, Arlenis. I am super excited to be back with you guys. Thank you for listening or watching to our podcast. It is always a blessing to have you guys join us. Um, just some quick reminders to you guys. We would love to stay in touch with you guys. And in order to do that, just follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, even on TikTok. You will find some of our videos. Um, and that is the best way to to stay connected with us. And then you guys can be up to date with who is going to be next on the podcast. And any new updates will be posted on our social media. So you can go and find us here on the link on the description. So let's stay connected. And if you ever have any questions or need any prayer, you can also reach out to us through that. And today we have a new guest. And our guest for today is Michelle Leslie. Uh, Michelle is a blogger and she also has a podcast. Michelle's ministry currently focuses on uh, discipling Christian women uh, through her writings and uh, as a co-host of the Word Fitly Spoken podcast. And you can find out more about her if you go to her website. Her website is michellelesley.com. But make sure to find that also here on the show notes or the description that will direct you to her podcast and everything that she's doing. So I'm very excited. I actually got to uh, meet her through the uh, Open Hearts Conference in a Closed World. I had the privilege to help my sweet friend Brooke Bartz um, as a tech director this year for her conference. And it was just so wonderful. So I'll make sure also to uh, link uh, that conference on the description so you can go ahead and watch it. It's still available on her YouTube channel. And it was just so wonderful, the teaching from this ladies and Michelle happened to be one of those teachers also uh, during the summer. So if you get some time, make sure to do that. And friends, I normally don't ask for this, but I would love to ask you guys for a little favor. And that is if you guys could just leave us a review and let us know how uh, this podcast uh you know, have been a blessing to you guys. This will be just helpful for us to be found by other uh, people who might be interested in listening to a podcast uh, that will be encouraging to them or looking for a Christian podcast in general. So that will be just helpful for us to be found uh, by other listeners. And as if you are on YouTube and you see me wearing this today, uh, this t-shirt today, it's uh, Christ Not Caesar. So I already mentioned to you guys before that uh, I've been working uh, in my job, which I work as the social media for Grace Production, and we've been working on a documentary called The Essential Church. Uh, you can find out more uh, information about this, this documentary uh, by visiting the website EssentialChurchMovie.com. And again, you can find uh, the website's link here in the description. I'll make sure to link uh, to link the Essential Church website here on this episode as well. But I'm wearing this T-shirt. 
And if you're familiar with the Essential Church movie, which is coming, uh, which is coming out on the summer of 2023, you can actually buy these T-shirts on their website. So they're available. I I really love it. So they have different designs in them. Uh, they're also wor working on some other designs. But if you want to learn more about how you can support this project and to learn more about what the documentary is about, you can do that by going on their website, which is EssentialChurchMovie.com. All right. I think that's uh, that's all for today. Thank you again, guys, for uh, listening or watching. I hope that this is a blessing to you guys. I'm so grateful for you all. And I hope that you are also encouraged after you listen to today's episode. And also make sure that if you haven't listened from the, the, other, the previous episodes, and also make sure to listen to the previous episode if you haven't done that. I, I've been so encouraged by so many testimonies. And I'm sure that that you'll be very encouraged uh, just to be reminded of the wonderful work of the gospel in our lives. And I think it's a beautiful reminder to all of us that um, we have nothing to do with uh, saving anyone, but it is Christ. It is God through the the power of the, uh, of the gospel that can transform lives. And even for our own, our own sanctification, it is God through his word that continues to sanctify us and to make us more into Christ likeness and we should be thankful for that and I think that is a beautiful reminder for all of us so again friends thank you so much for joining us and well here is my conversation with Michelle all right friends so I am here with Michelle welcome Michelle to our podcast and thank you so much for joining me oh well thanks so much for inviting me it's great to be here tonight no, thank you for taking the time. And uh, as I was spent, uh, I was telling you before that I did a little introduction just to uh, share a little bit about what you do. Um, I came across your uh, blog and you through um, Brooke Bartz uh, through the uh, Open Hearts Conference. I probably had seen uh, your Instagram page, but then when we, you know, did this conference together this year, so I was able to look into your uh, blog and everything that you're doing, even recently started listening to your podcast, which we, you know, I hope to, to hear a little bit more about it later on. So it's really a blessing to to have you here. And I pray that this will be an encouragement for our listeners. Well, I hope so, too. I, I just want to speak wisely and speak the truth in love and keep everything gospel centered tonight. So I'm ready and excited. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Amen. Yeah, I normally, you know, I like to begin starting our guests just sharing a little bit about their upbringing, their family, you know where you were born are you an only child so just give us you know take us back to your childhood you know and your family and were you raised in a believing home and you can share as much as you like yeah okay that would be great yeah I was born in Baton Rouge Louisiana and I was an army brat so we moved around a good bit but I moved back to Baton Rouge in 1989 so I'm pretty much a native um native here so uh I was born on a Sunday night uh, into a church-going family, a Southern Baptist family. I was born during what we used to call training union class, and uh, not not at the class, in the hospital, but at that time. <laughs> and uh, so, and I have been, you know, a good Southern Baptist ever since, probably since nine months before I was born, you know, always at the church every time the doors were open and everything. And I'm just so thankful for that to, to my parents, that they were very committed to uh, to being in church every Sunday and 
pretty much every Wednesday and every other thing as well. And so I, I honestly can say I don't remember a time when I haven't been in church, when I haven't been around the people of God, when I don't remember hearing Jesus's name uh, mm -hmm. and, and knowing the things of God and the fellowship of the saints. And I am so incredibly grateful for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, you know, I've, I've always I've always been in church. I've always heard the gospel. I've always been, uh, you know, taught the Bible and taught the Bible stories and memorized the Bible verses and, you know, know all the songs and all that good stuff. Grew up in children's choir and GAs, which uh, it's girls mission class, you know, for Southern Baptists, for those who don't know, and uh, just loved growing up in the church. And when I was about 12, I think, um, you know, I'd heard these things all my life and everything. And I just finally came to a point where I realized, hey, this has something to do with me personally. You know, I need to I need to evaluate this and I need to uh, to see what's going on about this for my own life. And so I remember asking my mom about it and, and she um, she told me, you know, what what to do to, to be saved and everything. And I just remember praying that the Lord would save me and, you know, no big, huge change in my life or anything, because I, you know, grew up in the church. I was basically a good kid, got good grades, good student, wasn't rebellious too much. I guess you'd have to ask my parents about that a little bit more, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think I was a pretty, pretty good kid compared to a lot of kids. And, uh, and so I just continued, you know, I got up the next day and I continued being in church and growing in the Lord and, and being around the people of God. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that grew up in church and got saved at a young age or made a profession of faith at a young age anyway, uh, wandered off during their teenage years, their college years, and they got into a lot of sin and, and strayed away from the church and everything. And I just never did. And God blessed me so much that he kept me and helped me in with the people of God and, and, in walking in grace and, uh, walking in his word. And, um, and that's, that is really basically my testimony. I have just been walking with the Lord for a lot of years and I have loved every minute of it. And, you know, sometimes things have been hard and sometimes things have been easy and a blessing and everything, mm -hmm. but he has always been good and he has always been uh, leading me and growing me and guiding me and helping me. And so um, that, that is my testimony. And I, I, um, I used to think, you know, when I was growing up um, in church, people would get up and give their testimonies. And it, it was always someone who used to be a prostitute or used to be a drug dealer or used to be, you know, all of these horrible things. And then God graciously saved them out of those things. And those are amazing and miraculous testimonies and all glory to God for that. But I used to think, gosh, I, I have such a boring testimony. You know, who wants to hear about somebody who was born in church and grew up in church and got saved and never left the church and never wandered away and got into all this other stuff? It's just it, it takes like two and a half minutes to tell. You know, <laughs> It's not anything dramatic or exciting. And uh, a few years ago, I was I was uh, listening to a lady give her testimony, and she had one of those big dramatic testimonies. And something that she said really caught my attention. She said, I used to 
I think she got saved in her 30s or something like that. And she said, I used to sit and just weep and ask God, why didn't you save me earlier? Because she regretted all of those things that she had been involved in in her younger years, even though she had a wonderful testimony of how, how the Lord saved her. And it really hit me at that time. You know, that lady would have given anything for a testimony like mine. And so I have never, ever since that day thought that I had a boring testimony because when God saves you, it's amazing, no matter whether he saves you dramatically out of a morass of sin or whether he blesses you by putting you in a church going family and you're raised in the church and he saves you um, out of being a good little girl. That's what I always say. Good little girls need Jesus too. You know, just as much as the prostitute, just as much as the drug dealer, whatever, we are all born in sin and we all need Christ. And so my testimony isn't any more boring than anybody else's. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And I think that's something that I appreciate so much to hear because, you know, I've I've had friends that they were raised in a believing home and similar like you, they're like, well, but I I don't have anything dramatic uh, to share. So are you sure you want to have my testimony on your (laughs) podcast? And I'm like, yes, because if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you do have a testimony. If you don't have a testimony, then you're not saved. Um, And I think we don't need those super dramatic. I mean, praise, like you said, praise be to God that he will save, you know, people from such a matter background but also be right. pray praise be to hand that he will protect you know protect you from a young age and to keep you in an environment that it's all about Christ you know that you have everything about right. Christ around you every day of your life you know that is another blessing too that not everyone has right and what a beauty to that's to, right you are able to hear that uh in someone's testimony because I, I I'm sure them Many uh, other people will say probably the same. I wish I had never, you know, have to um, have the lifestyle that I had and to know Christ, you know, to be raised in a Christian home. So, Michelle, so are you the only child or do you have other siblings growing up? No, I have one younger sister who's two years younger than I am. So, Okay. okay. So, and you said that you guys were moving a lot, you know, within your family, being in, you know, the army, you said, military family, military yeah, my, family. My dad was, my dad was in the army. Yeah. We, we didn't move as much as a lot of people did. I was very fortunate that from the, from the time I was in the second grade to the 11th grade, we lived in the same place. So, um, but, but I've lived some really interesting places. Like we lived in Alaska for three years and uh, I spent most of my growing up years in Southern New Mexico. Um, so that's, those have been really interesting, wonderful places to live. And, and, uh, I'm really fortunate that as it, part of my ministry is doing speaking engagements. And so I get to travel all over the country and see all the wonderful places that I've missed living. (laughs) So (laughs) it's, it's really a beautiful country, but uh, there's no place like home. So (laughs) that is correct. (laughs) I want to actually go back to, because you mentioned something about, uh, you know, when you were 12 years old and that's like when you made your faith your own, what was the process for you? What made you, you know, what happens in your life that makes you realize, Hey, 
I, although I was raised, you know, I was raised in, in a believing home and I, I, you know, I, I heard that, you know, I've been going to church every Sunday, but I need to understand that I am a sinner. <laughs> uh, that is my yeah. status before God. I'm a sinner and I need Christ right. coming to church. Doesn't save me being the good girl, be, you know, getting good grades doesn't save me. So can you just walk us through a little bit through that process? Yeah. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't remember exactly what brought me to that point that particular day. I just know I was in a gospel saturated, saturated environment at church. And so, you know, you were constantly hearing that, you know, this is, this is about you personally. It's not just some out there kind of thing that doesn't apply to you personally. And so I, maybe I heard a sermon that night um, at church or, uh, maybe some I was thinking over something a Sunday school teacher had said or something to that effect. And it it just came to me that it it was time. And I think another thing that that played into that as well is that um, when when I was growing up uh, in church and, when, you know, all the families in church with kids about my age, all the kids about my age had made a profession of faith and gotten baptized when they were like six or seven. And my, it's so funny. My mom was telling me, Oh gosh, it must've been, it's probably been about 10 years ago, but I was in my forties. I think she told me that when I was about six, I came to her and said that I wanted to be baptized because all my other little friends were being baptized (laughs) and I didn't want to be left out. You know, I didn't really, uh, know what was going on. And they, I don't even remember that. I don't remember asking them about that or anything like that, but they, they very wisely said, no, you don't need to, to be baptized yet because, you know, I, I think they understood that I had not really internalized what was necessary to be saved and, mm. uh, and really had gotten saved at that point. So I was just so thankful that they didn't, allow me to do that at that time when I was about six or seven so that I wouldn't have a false sense of security. So I think, you know, just being in that, you know, being in church all the time and being around the gospel all the time, just, it was just a natural outflow of that environment that I would one day come to realize, hey, I need to apply this to myself, not just not just hear about it all the time, not just think that it's for other people, but think that it's for for me too. And so yeah. that's the point I came to. <laughs> wow. And so what happened, uh, you know, during your high school years and then entering into college? Uh, what's happening in your life? You know, what path do you did you choose for your life <laughs> during this? The, yeah. Well, I was um, still, you know, in church, very involved in youth group. I was in youth choir. I was, I, you know, the big singer at that time of, of my, of my life, well, of anybody's life at that point was Sandy Patty. And so I was interested in becoming a singer and I took voice lessons. And so I was in choir all the time. And uh, it's kind of funny because you know, my husband didn't grow up in church. And so he'll turn on, you know, music from the eighties on the radio or whatever. And he'll be like, Oh, I know this song, and you know, and I'll be like, I never heard that song before. I don't know what that's all about, you know, because I was always doing choir music and voice lessons music. I never listened to the radio, you know. I was yeah. always, but I know all the hymns in the hymn book you know, and all the <laughs> choir anthems from that time. So yeah. anyway, um, 
so that's that's what I was doing. I was mostly involved in music and uh, youth activities and, and things of that nature. I, when I was in high school, rebellion for me was wanting to stay out at Thursday night Bible study past nine o'clock because my parents said I had to be home at nine um, because it was too dark, you know, too late for me to be driving by myself, yeah, which yeah. was very wise of them, I'm sure. But I wanted to stay later because we always played volleyball after Bible study. I didn't get uh, to stay for volleyball. So oh, that was rebellion for me to push. You played volleyball? It. Volleyball, uh-huh. Oh, after, okay. you know, just in the, you know, in the grass and everything after, yeah, yeah. Um, after Bible study was over. But I was on the volleyball team in high school. Wow. So, and we lost every game that, <laughs> that um, semester that I was on the the, uh, or that year that I was on the volleyball team. I think it was my fault, though. It was just only like the first or second year they'd even had a volleyball team. So <laughs> it could have been all my fault anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was just in high school and um, I was in a Christian school. So that that really helped me to grow as well. And uh, and then I graduated from high school, went on to college. I went to Washita Baptist University in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, my first year because it was a good school for music. And I majored in vocal performance and they took all the fun out of singing and music because they were so strict and, you know, you had to do everything so precisely. And, you know, I just wanted to sing and they wanted me to be a musician. <laughs> and so that wasn't fun. So I, I changed my major uh, and, uh, and moved back home to, um, to Las Cruces, New Mexico, where I grew up and uh, transferred to New Mexico State and uh, spent a couple of years there in uh, majoring in psychology. And then um, I had to move again for various reasons. After a couple of years, I had to move back to Baton Rouge. And so I transferred to LSU and finished out my degree there. And that was the end of college. Wow. <laughs> I did go on and pursue my master's degree. I have about half of a master's degree. And okay. uh, that's about it. <laughs> so what made you go for it from singing, vocal performance to psychology? It was easier. And it was just uh, as far as as something to study goes, it was more interesting to study that than it was for me to study music. Music is really more like a almost like a math field. And my brain is not wired for math. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you major in, in vocal performance, you don't just get to sing all the time. You have to study theory and you have to study music history and you have to study all this other related stuff. And so that just it just didn't really interest me and then but I'm really interested in what makes people tick and what how people think and whatnot and I would not recommend that anyone today today I would not recommend that anyone get a, a degree in psychology because there's so much in the field of psychology that is very humanistic and it's not God-centered at all however it's very interesting coming out of that field and now being a more um, discerning Christian and more a more mature Christian and knowing my Bible a lot better. It's very interesting how the things that are true in the field of psychology are true because they reflect what scripture already tells us. Yeah. So um, it's it's very interesting to, of course, there were some other interesting aspects of it as well, like uh, experiments um, with the, you know, the rats pushing the levers and getting their little pellets of food and stuff like that. That's <laughs> always interesting. Statistics and learning how to do um, statistics and studies and, and whatnot. That was very, very beneficial to me. Even today, I, you know, use that sometimes. 
And uh, so it was just an interesting field to be in for me. So okay, that's why I was and, in it. And you said, so how long have you been married now? Because you were, you mentioned your husband before. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to celebrate our 30th anniversary this year, wow. this December. So. How did you meet him? How did you meet your husband? Well, I'm like a broken record, but we met in church. <laughs> we, that uh, is we the met best place to meet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I we um we met in the singles Sunday school department shortly after I graduated from college and uh it was very interesting he um our our Sunday school classroom was set up with sort of rows of chairs and I walked in one Sunday morning and I sat down and then another friend of mine sat down one chair away from me so there was an empty chair between us and he and I were having a conversation and my husband Scott walked in and sat in the chair between us And I leaned around my husband to say, uh, he wasn't my husband at the time. I leaned around him to say one more thing to my friend. And my husband said, am I in your way? And he's been in my way ever since. So, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So then, and then you guys, after that, how did he tell you that he was interested in you? Like how, what happened? Uh, uh, Oh gosh, you're really taxing my memory. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. This is for my single friends to hear. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this is 30-year-old information, so it might not be the most up-to-date thing for your single friends. But uh, I think he just asked me asked me to go out. I remember the first place we went out to was uh, was IHOP, not, not International House of Prayer, but the International House of Pancakes. And yeah. uh, we had dinner there. I, I can't remember. Maybe it was a Sunday night after church or something like that. And uh and then we just started dating. We dated for about a year and a half, I think. And we got married in December of uh, 1992. So. Wow. Now it's going to be 30 years. since you Yeah. Guys- and I knew he was, I knew he was going to ask me in December of 91, before we got engaged in the spring of 92, I knew he was going to ask me to marry him because in December for Christmas of 1991, he gave me a Bible for Christmas. And you know how you can have your name engraved on the um, the front of your Bible. He had my name engraved on the front of the Bible, but only my first name. And then after we got married, he took it back and he had my new last name oh, engraved wow, that's on so it. So in that name. <laughs> that so, is yeah, so, that's wow. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> wow, that's really. He already knew what was coming. You know, he's like, I'm not. I knew it was last. coming. <laughs> He's like, I know. And then he didn't. Yeah. And then he didn't propose to me until like May. So it was a long time. (laughs) He waited. He waited. He was patiently waiting. I had to be patient. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. So are you guys involved in your church? Like uh, what different areas are you guys serving within your church? Oh, let's see. Um, we are, I'm, I'm on the nursery rotation, so I get to spend uh, one Sunday every few months in the nursery with the babies, and they're a lot of fun and everything, and um, we're very involved with our Sunday school class, um, love them a lot, people our age and everything are our stage of life, and then we're also involved in uh, life groups on Sunday nights. Our church has life groups on Sunday nights instead of a Sunday night service. And what um, those are is it, it's not a Bible study or anything like that. It's just um, men's groups and women's groups. And we get together 
And uh, we talk about what we learned from the sermon, what we learned from the Sunday school lesson, things that are going on in our lives, prayer requests, things like that. And it's really, really great because, uh, like I said, it's, you know, groups of women and groups of men. So, you know, you can talk about womany things and the men can talk about men things and all that. <laughs> but also our, our pastors are the ones who put us into whatever life group we're in. And so they try to get a good multi-generational mix in there, which is really great when you're trying to do Titus two stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's always, it's kind of awkward for older women, you know, to sort of find a younger woman to disciple, you know, we don't want to walk up to a younger woman. I think I said this at the conference, it's hard to like walk up to a younger woman and say, Hey, would you like me to disciple you? When that younger woman is probably thinking, what am I doing at church? It's so terrible that this woman thinks I need to be discipled. And then it's hard for the younger women, you know, to walk up to an older woman and woman and say, Hey, would you disciple me? Because she thinks, well, I might be rejected or maybe that lady's too busy or maybe she wouldn't be interested in discipling me or, or whatever. This way, there's no pressure. Our pastors just put us together in small groups of um, like in my group, there's I think there are three of us in our 50s and then there are three or four or five or six. We keep growing. <laughs> Several of, of the ladies are in their 20s and 30s. Okay. So that works out really, really well. And um, and we just learn so much from each other and have great fellowship and everything. So that's what we do. And then there, you know, from time to time, there are other events that pop up that we'll get involved in as well. So yeah. lots of great time for fellowship and and uh, and stuff like that at church. So, well, I think that's a wonderful idea, it's, you know, like the oh yeah, the whole grouping and stuff, because it just makes it, it makes it easy, you know, just to get to know each other, like the younger with the older. Right. And, yeah. And it, cause it is a little awkward to just be like walking up to someone like, Hey, will you mind discipling me? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so I, that's a very great idea. I, re I really like that. Um, and yeah. well, besides that, be, besides, you know, you guys being involved in your church, you also um, have a blog page and you have a podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about how you began your blog page? Like what made you decide to, to do the blog page and what are some of the things that you address on your blog? Sure. Well, I started my blog in, I think, 2008. So it's been like 14 years ago. Wow. And the, I just started it because I enjoy writing. I've always enjoyed writing. Even as a child, I enjoyed writing. And in 2008, blogging was kind of new. And so it was just kind of a fun thing to do. And I would just write an article every now and then and just for fun and didn't really think it was going to go anywhere. And then um, it, it would mostly be like Christian living type articles, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just various thoughts that I would have and whatnot. And then um, a few years later, I wrote a book, a Bible study on the life of Jacob. And before anybody gets excited out there, it's no longer in print. And I, I if you can find a copy of it in the thrift store somewhere, find it and buy it and throw it away because my hermeneutics were not very good when I wrote that book. And so I, if somebody came to me and showed me my own book, I would say, I do not recommend that that Bible study for you. So don't just put it away and study the scriptures. But anyway, when I wrote that book, um, you know, your publishers want you to have as big of a platform as you can possibly have, you know, like a lot of blog followers and a lot of social media followers and, and all of that stuff. 
So I got more serious about blogging. I think that was around 2011 when I when I really got more serious about that and started trying to put out content daily and build my social media platforms and all of that. And uh, in the process, I just discovered that uh, I hated book promotion and I loved blogging. So <laughs> I just I kept up with the blogging and eventually the sales were, praise the Lord, so poor on my book that it went out of print. Uh, and I just kept on on blogging ever since after that. The types of things that I write about on the blog are I, I have a feature every week called the mailbag where I answer uh, readers questions and, and try to, to give some some good counsel, point people to scripture, uh, make sure that they are uh, taking advantage of meeting with their pastor if they need some good godly counsel and things like that. And then uh, I do articles. I do a lot of discernment articles, um, training women how to uh, to vet the teachers there or the authors that they're thinking about studying under or conferences they're thinking about going to or their mm -hmm. church is using a Bible study by a certain person or something like that mm -hmm. uh, and trying to help them develop that skill, but also warning them away from uh, teachers that are problematic and, and false teachers. And then I've written a number of Bible studies that I publish on the blog. We uh, publish a lesson on the blog weekly. Uh, we just started one a brand new one on Titus that we're, we're doing right now. And those, I really like those studies that, that I write because I enjoy studying them myself. I, by the time I'm finished with writing a Bible study, I've gone through that book three times. And so I learn so much by writing the studies, even more than if I were just studying the book on my own. So I really enjoy doing that. And my studies are a little bit different than your typical women's Bible study. They're designed to teach you how to study straight from the text of scripture on your own. The types of questions that you should ask from the text, the, um, the types of observations that you should make, uh, doing things like cross-referencing, you know, looking at related passages, passages that are related to what you're studying at the moment, and um, things, things like that. So it's sort of a learn as you do sort of Bible study. And so once, you know, my, my thought is that once you, maybe you go through one or two of my Bible studies, if you've never tried to study straight from the text before, you go through a couple of my Bible studies. By the time you get to the end of that, you'll probably have the hang of it and you won't have to rely on anyone else's studies anymore. You'll just be able to study for yourself and you won't even have to rely on my studies anymore. So that's the goal is to get women weaned off of depending on other people uh, for, for Bible study and to be able to just go to the text themselves and study well for themselves. So that's, that's uh, also one of the things that I do on the blog and um, just a variety of other things, you know, discipleship types of articles and Christian living types of articles and, and things like that. One of the things that I really like is that I have a, um, I have a feature called searching for a new church. It's a little tab at, you know, in the menu at, at, yeah. uh, at the top of my blog. And it's designed to help people find good doctrinally sound churches to join because that's so important and yeah. I'm, I'm not concerned about people following me i'm concerned about people getting into a good solid church because that's what you need you know you don't need me you need a good solid church and a good pastor and so it has really been my joy to be able to see so many people 
find a good church through that that resource. I have lots of church search engines and and things like that. Things you know what to look for in a church theologically, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So that that gives me a great deal of joy to be able to help people find a good church. And then that you asked about the podcast. Um, yeah. We started that actually. We started that three years ago yesterday as we're recording wow. this, August the 16th, 2019. Yeah. yeah. And um, and we just do kind of basically the same thing, discipleship type uh, topics, current events in evangelicalism. Um, we have a feature called Glad You Asked, which is sort of like my mailbag feature where we let our listeners ask questions and we answer those. Um we have a, a another fun feature that we do from time to time called What Would You Do? And it's sort of based on the same idea as the TV show called What Would You Do? from a while back, where uh, they would set up these crazy scenarios and and film them and watch how people reacted. And then afterwards, they would ask the person, why did you do that that way? And so we <laughs> we have crazy scenarios that we give each other. And, you know, you have to answer off the cuff. You don't know what the question is going to be. And you have to explain how you would handle that situation in a godly way. And so we have a lot of fun with that. And hopefully we'll get to do that a little bit more often. And uh, and we would like to uh, actually start doing some more speaking engagements together. We have we've had the opportunity. My co-host is Amy Spreeman. And uh, we have done one conference together and we would like to, to do a bunch more. So we're sort of working on encouraging our listeners to uh, to call us up and, and let us know that you'd like both of us to come to a conference at your church or whatever. So oh. that's kind of the blog and podcasting. So, yeah. And what made you guys decide to, <laughs> to do this podcast? Like, how do you guys decided to to, to do it? Had to start it in the beginning? Yeah, to start. Yeah, to start off a podcast. Yeah, because you were first doing oh, okay. your blog page. And then uh, now you are doing this right. podcast with, uh, yeah, with your co-host. Yeah. Right. Um, I had actually been, you know, four or five years ago, I had been thinking about doing a podcast myself, but I didn't want to do it by myself because I know when I listen to a podcast, it's more interesting to me if there are at least two people, you know, discussing various things. And I thought if it's just me, it's really going to be boring for people because I'm not <laughs> all that exciting. So um, Amy and I had been friends for a while online. And actually the um, the one conference that we have done together, we were rooming together in the hotel room and everything and just sort of had a little pajama party right there. And I said, hey, why don't we do a podcast together? And I think that was in April of 2019. And so we talked about it some more and thought about it and prayed about it over the summer. And then we launched it on in mid August of 2019. So so the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's, uh, if you wouldn't mind just uh, telling our listeners and I'll make sure to include it on the uh, description, how to find your, um, your blog page and then uh, your podcast as well. Absolutely. And you can get to the podcast through my blog. So if you can only remember one of these website addresses, the first one is michellelesley.com. And it's it's my name. It's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-L-E-S-L-E-Y, not I-E, dot com. And I've got a tab on there for the podcast. So but the podcast address, the podcast address is a wordfitlyspoken.life. 
So we hope, uh, you know, everybody will listen in. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll make sure to, uh, they, they can find the link here on the description, uh, but just for the ones okay. who are listening. So I'm going to move on to my signature questions now. Um, so okay. do you have any favorite books or any books that have been helpful for you? Um, you know, other than the Bible, obviously we're going to include the Bible right there, but any other books that you love? <laughs> oh goodness. There are so many of them out there. Um, I mostly spend my time, to be honest, studying scripture, and I read a lot of stuff online. So uh, when it when I finally wind down at the end of the day, my brain is fried, so I, I don't read a whole lot of theology. Uh, I've kind of gotten out of the habit of that over the years. Um, right now on my nightstand is uh, Steve Lawson's book. On, it's his first book in his series on a long line of godly men, where he, he does a little, uh, sort of a little... I want to call it a biographical sketch of people like Calvin, who's the one that I'm reading right now, and Jonathan Edwards, and I think Martin Luther is in there, too. He just has, I think, about eight or nine books like that, uh, and those are really good and, and have been helpful, but uh, there are just so many good books. I don't think I could limit it to just one, <laughs> so. Okay, okay, so th that one. All right, and uh, three things that bring you joy. Oh, goodness. Three things that bring me joy. Yes. I don't know if I can limit it to three. Okay. My listeners um, <laughs> always have a, a little bit of a tough time, you know, trying to figure it out. Three things, just three. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, of course, just communing with Christ every morning when I get up and study my Bible brings me the most joy the most often. Um, yeah. Just having that quiet time with him. My family, of course, um, just being around them and loving them and spending time with them. And then my church family. Um, we, we have been in so many difficult churches over the years and we joined our current church a couple of years ago. And it's such a close knit family. Uh, I just, there's no, we've never experienced anything like it. And just being close to those folks, being with them every week, brings me a lot of joy. So I guess those would be my top three anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a, my last question, it's in regards to why do we need Jesus Christ? And I think this podcast, you know, it, we focus on sharing the testimony of salvation and we all know that we need Christ. Uh, we need him for so many, so many reasons. So if there is anyone who doesn't know Christ or anyone who's not a believer who probably didn't have the privilege or the blessing to be able to be raised in a Christian home, or even if they were raised in a Christian home, why is it that we all need Jesus Christ? We all need Christ because we are all sinners no matter how much of a good little girl you are or how much of a good person you think you are you are deeply stained with sin. We are all conceived in sin, scripture tells us. Um, it's in our DNA is what that means. Ever since Adam and Eve fell and chose to sin in the garden, we, the world has just been fractured by that. And we are all born as sinners. And our default position in life, you know, from the moment that we're born is 
is that we're sinners. And unless we come to Christ and confess that we are sinners and that we cannot save ourselves and that there, there's no amount of being a good person or doing good works or your good deeds outweighing your bad or anything like that, that can, can make you right with God and can forgive your sin and put you in right standing with God. Until you do that, your default position is that you are a sinner and you are on your way to an eternity in hell. And a lot of people, when you tell them that, <clears throat> they think, oh, you're just being mean or you're, you're just being hateful or whatever. But we say that because we love you and we don't want to see you spend an eternity in hell. And so if you have never come to Christ and sat before him broken and undone over your sin and admitted to him and to yourself that you're a sinner and you have violated his laws and you cannot do anything to make up for that, until you do that, you will never come to the place where you know why you need Jesus. And when you, when you do do that, and then you put your faith and your trust and <laughs> everything that you have and everything that you are in the fact that Christ died for you because you're a sinner, and he took your sin upon himself, and he died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin so that you wouldn't have to spend an eternity in hell. And you put your faith and your trust in his death, burial, and resurrection to save you from your sin and to make you clean and to make you right with God and to give you peace with God. And that, you know, that's why we need Jesus. That's why we come to Jesus. And that's what, that's what Jesus gives us when we just give it up and, and, and throw ourselves on his mercy. He will save us. Amen. Well, thank you so much, um, Michelle. It's been such a joy to have you on the podcast and uh, to hear about your life, to get to know you also a little, a little better. And uh, just to hear even, you know, like everything, just God's sovereignty and, and blessing upon your life, uh, uh, things that we can be praising the Lord for it and be grateful for it, just uh, to see his care and protection for, for us and his faithfulness to to us and that is uh, the, the reason why we praise him you know because of who he is and just his faithfulness to people who are born in sin and how he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light so thank you again and if you wouldn't just mind closing us in prayer absolutely thank you so much for having me it's been great to be here tonight i've really enjoyed it let's pray Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and your kindness. Thank you for your goodness to us, that even when we were your enemies, Christ died for us. And I pray, Father, that if there's anyone within the sound of my voice who does not know you as Savior and Lord, that you would draw that person to yourself and help that person to just throw him or herself on your mercy and believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save him or her. And I pray that for all of those listening who who do know you as Savior, that, that this has been an encouragement tonight and that you will help them to draw close to you and to, uh, to be good students of your word and to be prayer warriors and to just strive to live every day um, to honor and glorify you in Jesus' name.